Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jared G. Martin. We've just celebrated the birth of Christ on Christmas Day. Quite often, after an event is over, we put up everything that we brought out to celebrate, and then we push that event to the side and go on to something else. But I want to tell you that Jesus Christ came to make a difference in our lives. He brought light to the world, he brought joy and peace, and he came to seek and to save those who are lost. I am struck by how when the angel Gabriel came to Mary and spoke to her about what God wanted to do in her life, she said, be it unto me, O God, according to your word. In other words, she said, Lord, have your way. What about you today? Do you want the Lord to have his way in your life from this point on. Come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. And then Mary replied in verse 38, I am the Lord's servant. When you're going through something, who are you? Are you the Lord's servant or are you just trying to call on him because you heard he can do something and you're just trying to see, I'll try this too. I'll swing by the church. They tell me that if I go over there, uh, I might be able to get the hook up with the Lord. But she said, no, I'm the Lord's servant. I belong to the Lord. If you belong to God, God should take care of you. Uh, if you belong to God, God takes care of you. If you belong to God, God takes care of you. She says, you know what? Uh, she didn't argue with the angel. She didn't say, no, you know, I'm, I was planning on getting married. And I've been waiting to get married. And I don't know if I'm going to find me somebody else. I, I, I ain't feeling this. She says, I'm the Lord's servant. May it be unto me, which as you have said. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to the town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting... The baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. Elizabeth started prophesying. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Blessed is he. Blessed is she. Now, I'm going to tell you, blessed are you too when you believe that whatever the Lord says, he can, he's going to be able to do it. Many of you have already experienced the miracle power of God. Some of you are still checking it out. But God is able to do whatever he said he's going to do. When you hear from the Lord, you can believe it because you will receive it. As I looked at these two women and I looked at these two babies, I, I was struck by how many uh, women in the Bible were barren that were, were highlighted. God told Abraham that his wife Sarah would have a child. They were old and unable to have children. It took 25 years after God told them before it came to pass. And if I was in a church of mature believers, I'd say, you know the story. But there are some people who say, well, who's Abraham? 
They don't know the story, but it took 25 years of faith and believing that whatever God said, and you know, they even tried to uh, do another little hookup to make it happen, but as God said, that ain't what I said. Through that child came Isaac and then Jacob, the father of Israel. God had a purpose for that child. In Judges chapter 13, there was a certain man of Zorah named Manoah from the clan of the Danites, had a wife who was sterile and remained childless. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, you are sterile and childless, but you're going to conceive and have a son. Now, this angel of the Lord, boy, I'm telling you what, they talk about when the start comes. When you, you see Gabriel, if you ain't have, don't have no children, you might as well get ready. <laughs> he, he told, he said, now I already know, you're sterile and childless. I underlined the word, but. The greatest word in the Bible is but. Because every time you put it, but God is able. You got a problem, but God can handle it for you. Yeah, I know you're sterile, I know you're childless, but you are going to conceive and have a son. That son was Samson, the deliverer of God's people from the hand of the Philistine. God had a purpose for that son through that barren woman. But I want to close out with this story of another barren woman and a baby in the book of 1 Samuel. There was a certain man from Ramatham, a Zophite, from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah. Try saying that real fast. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other one was Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had none. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of meat to his wife, Penina, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her and the Lord had closed her womb. And because the Lord had closed her womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Hannah had gotten to the place of discouragement. She got into the place of disappointment. She's gotten to the place of disgrace and despair. After being, if being childless was not bad enough, the other wife provoked her and irritated her and ridiculed her. And this went on not once or twice, but it went on year after year. She cried. She lost her appetite, but she never stopped going to the house of the Lord. How many people, when they get disappointed, they get discouraged, they get disgraced, they'll stop going to the house of the Lord, but she kept going. She was crying, but she was going. She was weeping, but she was going. She was sad, but she was going. She was discouraged, but she kept on going to the house of the Lord. I, I believe she gives us a key to getting God to move on her behalf. Look at verse 10. In bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. And she made a vow saying, O Lord Almighty, 
if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life. And no razor will ever be used on his head. What did she do? She wept. And we are told she prayed much. Not only did she pray much, she made a commitment to the Lord. And she was, she was specific in her request. Lord, give me a son. Sometimes we have not because we ask not. And then she said this, Lord, if you give him to me, I will give him to you. Now think about that. This is what I want most in all of my life. This is the one thing that I want more than anything else. But if you give it to me, I'm going to release them to you. Okay, let me just say that. See, some people don't get that. We, when, when we're praying, we want whatever we want. We want it for us. We want it for us. I got to have this. I want this so bad. God just want to know, are you willing to release what I give you? So with Elizabeth and with Mary and with Hannah, even with Samson's parent, you release them, you give them to me, I'm going to give them back to you. And in every case, I guarantee you, when they gave that first child to God, God blessed them with more. God said, I know how to do this over and over and over again. Uh, you don't ever have to be worried about giving your best to the Lord. You don't ever have to be worried about giving your best to the Lord. You don't ever have to worry about giving to God what God gave you because it's more where that came from. Look at verse 12. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli, who was the priest, observed her mouth. She's at church praying or in the temple. Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. She wasn't tearing the place up. She wasn't making a big scene. She was just praying in her heart. Her lips was moving. She's pouring her heart out. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, how long will you keep on getting drunk? Get rid of your wine. Why was she drunk? She was just pouring out before the Lord. Verse 15, she said, not so, my Lord. I'm a woman who's deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer or whiskey or smoking weed. <laughs> just thought I'd throw that in there because some of you said, well, he just said wine and beer. I'm trying to catch everybody. <laughs> I've not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul. I'm pouring out my soul to the Lord. I'm going to stop there for a minute. You know, there sometimes we ask God for something, and uh, we're just like a little kid that you take to the toy store. First thing he see, he asks for. And you just keep going down the aisle. Come on, we going. He go down the aisle, he asks for something else. And then he sees something else, he asks for that. But you know what he want when he stop and just cry and don't move until you get it. 
And sometimes God is waiting for us to get to that point where we just say, Lord, I just want you to do this. I just need it so bad, Lord. I just, would you do this in Jesus' name? And then we go on. We ain't thinking about it no more. Then you come back. He ain't done that yet. Wait a minute, come back to the Lord. Lord, would you just, I just decree and declare that you would do this in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen, amen. And you just go on about your business and come back the next day. Lord, you haven't done this yet. I just call it in right now in the name of Jesus. And the Lord said, they're just asking. They don't, they don't want it that bad. But she said, no, I've been pouring out my soul to the Lord. I'm in distress. She's grabbing on to the horns of the altar. And she said, Lord, I ain't going to move until you, I hear from you. I need a touch from God. You got to get to a place where God says, I know that they, that's what they're needing right there. They're not just asking. They're just not going through the aisle and picking out stuff. I like that too. I like that. And I like that, Lord. I'm calling that in. I'm calling this in. God said, no, 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 no. You got to get to a point where you say, God, I don't know what to do. If you don't help me, if you don't move for us, or you don't move in this situation, we're sunk. God, our, all of our hope is in you. All of our dependence is upon you. God, our heart is poured out to you. I trust you with everything I got. God, I need you to move for me. I am so excited about what Jesus came to earth to do. He came to seek and to save those who are lost. He came to give us an abundant life, and he came to give us not only an abundant life, but an eternal life. If you would like to hear today's message again in its entirety, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You know, when Jesus comes into our life, into our heart, he empowers us to continue the work that he began. He wants to use every born-again believer to get something done, and I'm excited about the new year coming. For several years, the Light of the World have joined with several other pastors to host a men's prayer on the first Friday of every new year. It is pastors from different churches and different denominations who have the same heart and the same mind to come together to get men to take the lead in praying for our homes and our family, our community and our country and our world. So I want you to join us. If you're a pastor, join us. We're going to be at the Greater Love Mission Church of God in Christ at 8410 Lay Road on Friday, January the 5th, beginning at 7 p.m. We will be there with Pastor Kevin Childs and several other pastors from our Impact Ministry Group, but we want you to be there as well. If you're a pastor or a minister, we encourage you to bring your men together to pray together and join our voices with your voices as we speak in unity over our city, over our families, and over our community. It's going to be a great opportunity to start the new year out with men standing firm. It will be a new opportunity in a new year to have a new man doing new things for God. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.